0: from the spec network this is fragmented an android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better android developers i'm don felker and i'm kaushik gopal
1: welcome to the show this episode of fragmented is brought to you by our friends at Cobiton. so what's the deal with Cobiton? Cobiton provides real devices in the cloud so what does that mean Well, as an Android developer, it means better testing and you can test however you want. So basically, they have this really nice UI interface so you can spin up manual devices. You can drop your APK, get your app installed, and you can go click around and do some manual testing. So if you have QA folks uh, in your company that want to take the app for a spin and test the new functionality you built, you can totally do that. Uh, They also obviously have automated tests that you can run so you can maybe have it scripted up or connected to a CI server and you can have a suite of your automated tests run so it's pretty cool. They also have a very effective device lab management solution that basically means if you have a Pixel device, if your friend has a Huawei device or your other friend has a Samsung device. Well... You can connect all of these and all of you can jointly benefit from having these devices. So they provide this really cool solution where you can essentially connect to your device and include your internal devices as part of the suite of devices that you use for testing. So it's really cool. Definitely check it out. Head on over to kobiton.com slash fragmented to start your 15-day free trial. Uh, and the really cool thing is it's super easy to get started with this free trial. There's no credit card required, nothing. Uh, Their plans start as low as $10 for 100 minutes of testing time, which is plenty of time to take the solution for a spin and try it out and see if it works for you. Also, uh, another really good thing that they do is these prepaid minutes that you pay for never expire. So you can use exactly the amount that you need and buy more when you think you're ready. Thanks again to Coviton for sponsoring today's show. Well, we have a returning guest here, Kaushik. Florina
0: is back to tell us about something that was recently announced. Florina, welcome back
1: to the show. Welcome back.
2: Hey, nice to be back. Uh, Yeah, we're announcing or we've announced already something new, which is uh, the paging library.
1: Oh, very cool. Very cool. So is this for a room?
2: Um, yes, but not only. You don't really need to use Room uh, to use the paging library.
0: Oh, okay. So I saw your talk that I think you were given it. Was it uh, Google Developer Days? Is that where you gave the talk on it?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: I saw that talk on it. And um, I, I I was left with the impression it was only for Room. So it's uh things for other than Room. Okay, so that's cool.
2: Yes, yes. I can actually tell you more about it. How you can use it, why you should use it. So the
1: funny thing is, I remember... Asking Don, like, this is a long time back, Don. You mm-hmm. Remember, like, you know, I was like, Hey, if I wanted to technically implement something like a Twitter newsfeed or like the Facebook news feed where it isn't just like a hundred or like, you know, 500 items. It's an infinite scroll feed. Like, what are like some good ways? And I remember you mentioning at the time, it was either like loaders or like, customers. don't say that word. <laughs> exactly. And, and like, I remember like Don very apologetically, like telling me, like, you know what? Sorry, man, but like, you gotta like roll up the sleeves and go with the APIs, the APIs, which we don't like as much. But so, Florina, you are here today to tell us that that world is changing for us now?
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, there is an option that you can still use, which is the cursor adapter. Um, So that cursor adapter makes it easier to map the database query results. But the problem is that these queries are actually run on the UI thread, and then the content is actually paged inefficiently. And there's something uh, called a cursor window. So let's say that you have a very big database and you want to query the database. You want to get all the users in your database, but you have a, a huge amount of users. Well, the problem with the cursor is that it can fill up that cursor window that it has. And that window only has something like a two megabytes buffer. So it it can't really load that much, not if you have a really, really big data.
1: Especially if you have like an infinite feed or something, then obviously at some point you're going to like hit that limit, right?
2: Exactly. Um, So actually what the paging library is doing is uh, making sure that you can actually do these huge queries. And well, under the hood is using these uh, cursor adapters, but doing smaller queries that actually that for sure fit in these cursor windows
0: So it's kind of just executing them for you behind the scenes to kind of make it seamless for you
2: exactly if you would try to do this cursor adapter magic by yourself chances are you'll end up into a lot of problems <laughs> that you'll need to handle uh but which luckily uh we've handled them for you with the paging library
1: so tell us more about the paging library. Is this as part of like the Android architecture components, or is this like an independent library?
2: So in the end, the architecture components is a set of libraries. Uh, it's not just one library. You can uh, you have one library for Room, for example, one library for the uh, lifecycle. And the paging library will also be a separate library, but part of the components. Similar as the support library in the end, it's not just the one support library. It's a set of libraries got it yeah Uh, maybe what's important to mention or already from now is that this is in alpha but really an an alpha uh, the api will change based on your feedback on developers feedback so what i'm trying to do now is give you a little bit of the intro hoping that i make you curious enough to actually try it and then give us feedback in the end, that's something that we've been doing also with the architecture components that we've released so far. And we've seen that this feedback is extremely, extremely important for us, for us, for all the developers, both for Google but also for the community.
1: Perfect. And we will be more than happy to, yeah, try it out and like, yeah, give feedback. It's it's worked out really well for room at least. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this quick question real quick. Is this is the paging library
0: uh, I know you said it's not just for room. Uh, does this only work with like local data sources? Does it h- provide help for me for only local data sources? Or, or what if my data source is remote and maybe I'm even using something like GraphQL or just some particular API? Will the paging library work uh, with that? Or, or kind of what's the high-level overview for that?
2: Sure. So uh, actually the key word that you mentioned there is data source. Uh, what the paging library is offering is uh, an, an interface or actually two uh, abstract classes, the kit data source and the tiled data source. So if you want to work with other stuff like network or whatever other data source, you'll need to implement these data sources by yourself. This is the part that I was mentioning. You don't really need only room. But if you are using Room, then um, in the DAO, so this data access object that we talked about last time, um, you can return this tiled data source. And then Room creates the data source for you automatically.
0: Are these like Java interfaces that I would need to implement? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. It's not like an abstract class. Fantastic. Uh,
2: Well, um, the data source, I think it's an interface, but the key data source and the tile data source are abstract classes. Oh, got it. Okay. So okay. you'll have, they have some, uh, some methods that are implemented already.
1: Uh, to step back, data source is like actually one of the parts of this paging library, right? So uh, can you tell us like start off with a high level overview of like, hey, I want to implement paging. Like what are the, the class of yeah. the components that I think I should be like, yeah, using? Yeah, we got like the big long recycler view or, you know, how do we go from start to finish here?
2: Sure. So, well, the main components are a data source and then you have the UI right you right. know that you have some data coming from a data source and you want to display that in a recycler view great okay we all know the recycler view is working with an adapter
1: mm-hmm. so
2: what we're providing is a page list adapter which actually just extends from the recycler view adapter got it and this one will work with an object that's called page list so this page list will actually load the data from the data source and it can notify other objects like the adapter about the data changed.
1: If I have to, like, sum this up, there are basically three components that we have to, like, think about. The adapter portion, which you said is the page list adapter, and that's very similar to, like, the view adapter that we have now. There's this new component you said called page list, that was it? Exactly. Okay, page list and the data source, which you mentioned, which is basically uh, we have, like, two implementations. And, like, actually, I, li- I really like the... A uh, question and the answer that you gave uh, for Don, where like if I did want to point to a different data source, that name data source makes a lot more sense now to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so these are the three components. Fantastic. Okay, uh, I mean, if you're in data source, why not dive into like the data source uh, component, right? Because I think that yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. So how like how how sure. does like the data source part work?
2: Well, I was mentioning there are um, two subclasses. So what's what's the difference between them? So One we called keyed data source. So you would use this one when, uh, to actually get, let's say the item on position n, you need the item on position n minus one. So it's dependent on the item uh, before it so you can actually query the database.
0: Interesting. Uh, Could you give us like an example of- Yeah, I'm kind of confused of what what we mean by the the n
1: minus one.
2: Sure. Now all the queries that I have in mind are about the tiled data source. Maybe if I contrast the, yeah. the tile data source, maybe it's easier. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah, Sure. So you would use the tile data source when you need to uh, load the data from any position. So for example, let's say that you have your list of users and you're just scrolling and it doesn't need to load the items in between, so let's say you're starting from position zero with your list, mm-hmm. but then you're fast scrolling up to if your users are alphabetically, you're fast scrolling up to um, H, okay. and then once you're at H, it will just give you the the items from that position. So it doesn't uh, it knows that it doesn't need to load all of those items in between, and it will just give you the items that you need at that time.
0: Okay, so if you've got a million records, or I mean if that's a lot, but if you had a couple hundred thousand records or whatever, then you fast scroll to you know the 50,000th record, you're not going to mm-hmm. load all those beforehand. It's just going to load, all right, I want the 50,000th record and the next 25 or whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, interesting. And with keyed data source to contrast it, is it basically just get me the next item? Just get me the next item. Just get me the next item. Is it? Is it like more incremental? Is that like the... Yeah,
2: or um, so, for example, if you would have your users with an alphabetical search, uh, in this case, you would use a tile data source because it's you don't need the user before you don't need the user at uh, the last user from letter uh, m to load the first user from n they don't depend on each other but if you have such uh query where they depend on each other maybe let's say you're doing uh, time based queries
1: trying to think aloud here so if basically I'm at a position and all I care about is like, oh, moving forward, right? Like I have the existing items. I know what my existing items are. I just want the immediate next items, right? In that case, I would use probably something like a key data source. But if I start off with this list and say, hey, I don't care about any of this. All I care is from page five to 10. Like I'm not on page four. I'm probably like somewhere else altogether. But I know that the user has instructed and I have to show results from page five to 10. In that case, uh, I would use explicitly a tile data source. Is Does that, like, is that a fair yes, summary? Yes,
2: yes, that's, that's better, yeah. Okay,
1: oh, interesting. Wow, so you guys, like, went all in with this paging thing. Like, you know, you're like, no, no, we're going to, like, really, <laughs> like, deal with all the cases you can ever think of. Because typically, yeah. when I think about pagination, I only think I, about, like, the key data source. I haven't actually yeah, thought too. about, like, the tile data source. Cause I was like, oh, okay, you just need the next 20 items. Like, you know, load the next 20 items. So... I guess, what would be different about the implementations between a key to data source and a tile data source? Is that something that I don't have to worry about? Like, does your abstract class actually take care of the implementation? Or, uh, I mean, if it's an abstract class, obviously I have to do something, but yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so what you would implement is um, actually how to load the data or based on what to load the data. So you would implement um, a few methods. Two of them are loads after and load before. So you would actually tell the data source how to actually load the data after a certain item or how to load if you want to load the item before a certain item.
0: Okay, so like it kind of goes for both ways for scrolling, I guess, right? Yes, exactly.
2: exactly. The before and after is related to scrolling if you're scrolling up or down.
0: Or down, yeah. So like, all right, here, I'm in the the, the 20,000th record. I'm going to scroll up real quick. You know, here's how you do that. Oh, uh, then you go to 19,000 mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, and then if you go the other way, that's going to be the after query, I assume. Okay.
2: Yeah. And there's another important method there for both data sources, which is called count items. So practically, this is the method that you'll have to implement that defines whether you have a finite or an inf- infinite infinite <laughs> list. So, for example, if you know, you want to get the top 100 users, let's say, then uh, that count would return 100. Or if you're getting some items from, a, from the table and you know that that's small, chances are you'll implement um, in your DAO something like, I don't know, users count. And then uh, that count items method in the data source will just use that uh, DAO loads count or users count mm-hmm. method. But um, if uh, if you have something that's a long list or something that's maybe expensive to compute, or you don't want to compute, um, you can use a variable that we define, which is called count undefined.
1: Count undefined. Oh, and this is based? Oh, yeah. wait. OK, so what does count undefined do yeah. versus? Yeah,
2: this just uh, tells, uh, let's say, the data source that this will be an infinite list.
1: Oh, but, and, OK. Yeah. okay.
2: And uh, it will also make sure that it adds some padding. So it will add some null items at the end of your list uh, while the items are being loaded.
0: Yeah, Why would, the, why would it add a null items at the end? I'm confused.
2: Well, uh, let's say you want to show some placeholders. You, let's say you want to show something like data loading okay. uh, mm-hmm. or something like that. to so, so the user knows that, wait, the list is not over. There's something coming, but you're, you're working on getting the data for the user.
0: Oh, okay, so it gives you just like a placeholder where you can kind of put some type of UI or something like that. To, yeah,
2: you know. just to improve the, the user experience. Okay,
0: all right. I I guess the, the I'm having a little bit of disconnect now because I, I feel like everything that I would want to do, I should be using a tiled data source for them because I'm just going to return all of these items sorted by a certain thing. And when I think key data source, I think, okay, maybe the previous item is dependent upon this item. And maybe that would be like, I don't know, I'm just throwing an idea out here but in some accounting software that um, transactions are in the ledger are based upon the date that they occur I have no idea if that's a valid use case for key data source uh, but it does seem like the current balance may current may depend upon you know each you know day's you know register transactions or, or whatever do you have um, is there any you know sample apps that come with uh, the room library this paging library where we can see uh, when to use this key data source?
2: We will have a few examples. yes, and also the the code will be quite well documented. So also, for example, when you're going to the key data source, Java Doc, you'll see also a nice example there.
0: Okay, fantastic. All right. so we have been talking about this data source stuff for a while, the key data source, the tile data source. but you mentioned earlier that we have also another component that we need to worry about and, and work with, and that was the that kind of sits on top of it or somewhere in the in the chain here and that's a page list. What exactly is a page list? How do I need to work with it? And and what's it going to be like from a development perspective? Do I have to build it? Is it something you guys return? Or what does that entail?
2: So in the end, the data source just knows, well, what's the source of the data? But the page list is the one that actually loads the data from the data source. Okay. And on top of this, this also can notify objects um, about the data change. So this means that if you're working with a RecyclerView adapter, um, the adapter can get notified about the new changes in the page uh, in the paged list.
0: Is this something that that I need to build, or is this something that, that the library provides out of the box? I don't have to worry about.
2: What you could do is use a live page list provider. So this one would be an object that provides a paged list um, and. It actually, all you need to uh, to give there is the data source, so you can just use that, and it'll automatically query the stuff for you. So, for example, in your application, you might just define in the DAO your your query. So, for example, get uh, get tweets, and then uh, whoever uses that DAO can just create this live page list provider.
1: Same uh, returning a tiled data source from Room uh, based on, like, you know, my DAO object, I would construct this page list using that data source?
2: Uh, It would be even easier than this. Uh, You could just return this live page list provider from the DAO. Oh, so, okay. So I don't even have... Exactly. So Room knows that, okay, you want a live page list provider. Um, so this means that Room is your data source. So it will take care of uh, actually creating the data source for you.
0: Oh, because it's just Room. So since Room is is kind of built to just work with this out of the box. Exactly. So if I'm using Room, then I can just say, hey, I need this live data uh, page list of users or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, it's just going to know, hey, at this point in time, that all right, we're going to use this overload and we're going to return you back that that page list of whatever live data. Is that correct?
2: Exactly. And okay. what you'll need to do is configure it a little bit. Uh, so mention stuff like, okay, what's the page size? So how many users or how many tweets you want to load? Um, and also um, what's an initial load size? So what are the initial number of tweets that you want to display? Mm -hmm. And also, was the prefetch distance
0: the page list? Is this just a concrete class that I use, or is this a Mm -hmm. is a generic? Or if let's just say we were sitting in the room together having coffee, and you wanted to type out some code, what does this look like? How do I you know if you had to just tell me what the code was, what would that be? Is it like page list uh, list equals you know room dot get me all my users or whatever? Or what is that? what is it what kind of class is it is it it take generics or anything like that
2: yeah uh it's an abstract class that actually just uh extends abstract list so practically it's an abstract collection
0: okay all right so it is a it's uh you can use its generic base so you can i can say if it's going to be if my objects are going to be users or they're going to be transactions or anything like that then i could then it will automatically work okay
2: yeah but under the hood, uh, based on the data source, it knows how, how to create uh, how to create itself, how to create the page list, and it has some other magic there. More precisely, um, when it gets created under the hood, it also gets two executors, which is the, the main thread and the background thread. So why does it need this? Uh-huh. Uh, because the page list actually loads the data on the background thread. So it really makes sure oh, that the database or the data source, sorry, is queried on a background thread. And then all the updates will be posted on the main thread. But this is something that you, let's say, you don't need to care about this creation uh, phase because that's something that uh, the paging library does for you.
0: Okay. So the, I guess the, the bricks, I feel like, are slowly starting to fall in place for me. Um, there's, I'm seeing that Room just really makes this, if you're using Room, it just makes this pretty seamless for you. A lot of this stuff's already taken care of. Is that the yeah. correct assumption? Okay. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. So um, you might hear quite a lot of names right now, but you'll see that mm-hmm. once you actually start using it, you don't have that much code to implement.
0: Now, for some reason, I'm using uh, some different, maybe I'm storing everything in XML. Like, then no Kaushik is a big fan of that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's say for some reason that that's just the, the world that I live in. And I have this humongous flat file of XML, and I kind of have to read line by line, or maybe even just a flat file. Fine. I, if I wanted to create a, uh, do some type of paging work with the paging library, I could then implement my own different um, uh, provider. I guess it would be for the 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 paged list. Is that correct? So I could load data correctly.
2: Actually, you would implement your own data source. That's own?
0: Okay, that would that would be the data source.
2: Okay, exactly.
1: Okay. Oh, I see. So page list is almost like an implementation we don't have to deal with. Like it essentially understands the data source. So if you are able to create a data source, then page list just works. It's like almost like an intermediate concept that was needed for the implementation of like paging.
2: Yeah. So practically what, what you would do, you would, uh, you would create a new live page list provider, Mm -hmm. um, and there you would define what's your data source. And that's all. So it's something like five lines of code uh, where you're defining the data that you need and where to get the data from. So you're defining that you're working with users or with tweets or with integers or whatever items you want to display. And then um, you need to tell the, the list provider where to get these items from. Which is which data source to use?
1: Okay, all right, all right. okay, so let me see I have my data source. <laughs> I know what needs to be done. I have my paged list now, which is like the intermediate construct which mm-hmm. like I it links well with the data source uh, what exactly and I would return live data of this paged list is what you're saying right?
2: Yeah. Because this uh, this live page list provider actually what it does um, is return a live data of a page list of your item
1: of users or whatever exactly, exactly. Oh, okay 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 actually this makes sense so the live page list uh, thing is something that I can return directly from Room.
2: Well, no, not from Room. This is something that uh, Live Page List provider uh, gives you. Got it.
1: Got it. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: This sorry. This also explains a little bit under the hood how things work, because in the end, under the hood, the query would return something like a live data of a page list. So, yeah, it's. I would guess it's easier to understand why this also makes sure that it provides updates to your. Um, to whatever uses, whatever uses your live data. If you're actually connecting this live data of a page list to your UI, so to your recycler view, then you'll automatically get updates whenever your database changes. So it's easy to make sure that um, your recycler view contains the latest items from the database.
1: Got it, got it. Don and I are fans of Rx, right? So like the natural mm-hmm. question that comes up, can I just use like an Rx variant? Would that work or would that not work? Can I just like return an observable, have like the page list, like understand how to deal with that? Does that work that way?
2: So right now it doesn't. I would expect that you are able to implement this also by yourself. But this means that you're not able to take advantage of all of this live page list provider magic that the paging library offers for you. So you could do this, but you'll end up having to implement a little bit uh, of stuff by yourself.
1: So then in that case, I would have to make like an implementation of the live page list uh, thing that instead returned it an observable of exactly. page list versus like the live data of page list.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you'll have to do actually the mechanism that connects it to uh, the page list adapter. So to the recycler view adapter.
1: Got it. One advantage that Live Data has that Rx doesn't necessarily have out of the box is like the whole Androidiness of it, right? Like so, the UI portion of a lot of this is understood by Live Data, right? Exactly. But is not exactly. by Rx. So I guess like that is one thing. Though like obviously you can do like a lot of more things with Rx.
2: Yeah, Live Live Data is is definitely made for the UI layer. So it's it's built from the beginning with the UI layer in mind, with the life cycle of an activity or a fragment in mind.
1: Got it, which would make sense then, like, why it's easier to sort of, like, create this implementation for live data versus, like, Rx for now, at least.
2: So now we've talked about the data source, we've talked about this uh, page list, but we didn't actually make the connection to the recycle RecyclerView. Uh, we need the adapter. So here, uh, to implement the adapter, uh, you can either use the page list adapter, so a class that we, that we provide, mm-hmm. um, and then pretty much all you need to do is uh, define how the views are constructed. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's say, do your own implementation uh, of the onBindViewHolder.
1: Okay, so this is the regular thing that I've always been doing for the view. This is like yeah. exactly. creating the view holder and then populating content and doing all that good jazz.
2: Exactly. Okay. Um, there's one more method uh, that you should call before, uh, more precisely... Um, in the activity or in the fragment that contains a recycler view. Mm-hmm. So this would be um, a live list adapter util that helps you bind um, the actual list with uh, the adapter uh, based on a live cycle. And where do I use this? Uh, so this you would probably define in the same place where you actually have the reference to the recycler view. Okay. So I hope this would be in the activity or a fragment uh. and not in other places.
1: And what was that called again? I'm sorry.
2: A live list adapter util.
1: And the reason, so I'm trying to think, when you initially told me this, I was like, wait, but I'm already doing that. I'm like doing that with the recycler view, right? Because when I set the adapter on the recycler view, I'm basically Mm -hmm. linking the list view to the adapter. I guess the reason it makes sense that this exists, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is because there's no notion of like, It has no idea yet of the lifecycle because the recycler view doesn't have an idea of the lifecycle component. And the adapter is obviously just like, you know, waiting to be off the lifecycle. So I guess that's why even before I set the adapter, I would have to like call this thing like with this live list adapter Mm -hmm. and say, hey, you two need to be talking to each other or something along those lines.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think the the lifecycle owner is important here because this is the one that defines when the live data is observed. So in whose life cycle scope? Got it. I mean,
1: I wonder. I mean, yeah, obviously you folks would have thought about this, but I wonder if like there was a way we could just combine the two, right? Uh, uh mm, okay. Like yeah. a lifecycle aware adapter, page list adapter, or something. Yeah, something along those lines. But I I can see like that. I, I can see how it can get a little tricky, right?
0: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> what I definitely suggest is uh, play around a little bit with uh, with the library, and then all of these things that you think. Okay, but this feels strange. Or hey, couldn't we do this? Right, right. Just create a ticket for this. Uh, create a create a bug, because maybe some things are, let's say, are easy to understand for us since we've been using the mm-hmm. uh, or we've mm-hmm. been developing the API. But any feedback is welcomed.
1: For sure, for no. sure, yeah, yeah. Having such a strong knowledge of the Recycler View in its existence state, like I always try to like relate back developers are very stubborn right? so like they were like no no I know this I just want to keep using this so that's the outlook with which I'm coming but as I understand like the intricacies of like how this thing is implemented it's making more sense to me you now so
2: so I was wondering whether we could go a bit over the data flow like from the beginning to end because in the end we've we've covered now all the big components okay. and yeah, then yeah. let's see how they would work together yeah let's do that yeah so um let's say that right now you have your your list of tweets Um. And there's another tweet that's being put in the data source. Mm-hmm. If you're using Room, you know that that insert has to be on a background thread. So what the data source will do will then uh, invalidate the page list and update its value. So it will tell, "Hey, now I have more tweets. I have another set of tweets. Um, so this happens on the background thread. But then the page list on the main thread, it will notify its observers of the new value. In our case, the observer of the page list will be the adapter. Mm-hmm. So the page list adapter um, gets notified that there is a new set of data in the page list. So on the background thread, it needs to check what changed. So it needs to do the, the diff between the previous and the new list. So then uh, on the background thread, it did all of this comparison operation. And then it knows what it's changed. And then on the UI thread, the view can get updated via this on bind view method that we all know and love.
1: All right. So that's great. So like what are like some good resources, I guess, at this yeah. point, right? Where should I keep an eye out for uh, Yeah, get more information on this page? Right? After
0: yeah, after you've listened to this podcast, you're still interested. Where do we go next?
2: Uh developers.android.com. That's our main source of of knowledge.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely provide a link to uh, your talk at Google Developer Days as well. That was a a great intro to kind of get to see the code while you're talking about it as well. So I think folks would find that really useful.
2: Sure. Um, Also, keep in mind that things might change. Based on your feedback, things can change. Mm -hmm. Um, So hopefully in two months from now... Not everything I mentioned will be correct because things will be even better and easier to use. Uh-huh.
1: That's just very, right. to be honest though, like, you know, I didn't think that there were these many things I had to be worried about with paging, which I guess is like always the case, right? When you folks have to build an API, you have to worry about like 20 different things, not just Kaushik's problems. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and
2: also, I, th- oh, well, we do add a few new components or new classes here, but if you notice, Everything does one thing. So the data source only takes care of the data source or handling the source of the data. Then uh, the page list adapter is just an adapter. Um, and then the, the page list, its role is just to load the data from a data source. So um, there are a lot of components, but all of them do one thing and one thing only. So things are nicely separated. So they can also be extended afterwards as you see fit.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for coming back on the show and like letting us know more about uh, this exciting new library. If folks wanted to reach out to you about like more questions specifically that they had, or what are some good places they should go to try out and give feedback on like, uh, you know, this new paging library?
2: Sure. Um, so we're going to put this uh, soon or already, depending on when you're listening to this, (laughs) uh, on developer.android.com. There are several ways to get feedback. And I think the most important one is uh, via the issue tracker. We can add a link to the show notes there, uh, because that's definitely something that the development team checks, and um, you'll get answers quite fast. I mean, if you ever did an issue or created an issue for architecture components, uh, you might have noticed that things got either solved or at least noticed quite fast.
1: Don, if folks want to ask you about your experiments with paging and that uh, secret site app that you've been telling me that you want to build uh, with this, where do we get more info? The
0: best way to get a hold of me is going to be on Twitter, and that'll be at Don Felker. What about you, Kasia? How do folks get a hold of you to... Uh... Paid you with questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kaushik Gopal on Twitter is like usually the best way. And if folks want to reach out to both of us, uh, you know, find an easy way, then contact at fragmentedpodcast.com is a good email. Florina, thank you so much for all the great work that you've been doing. Thank you, Florina.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will catch you in the next episode. We'd like to thank our sponsor for the show again, Cobiton. Real devices in the cloud, Better testing for you. Have QA folks that need to test the app manually? Well, you we can do that with Kobiton. Have automated tests that your devs want to run? Kobiton can do that too. Kobiton is a solution that empowers mobile developers to get your testing done in a super easy way. Visit cobitoncom fragmented to start your 15-day free trial and see for yourself. Thanks again, Kobiton. That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. Sarah the Amazing Jackson from the Spec Network helps with production assistance and wraps our final mix. Our theme and ad music is by the national recording artist Blueprint from Weightless Recordings. You can find more Fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.